All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Redbird podcast. I have been a little in MIA the past the past week or so, and that's been on on purpose. I put on my you know my Facebook and my Twitter. If you follow those, I refused to do a podcast a couple of days ago. I could have done it in the middle of the Padres series, but there was next to nothing going on each game that was worth talking about. So I you know made a promise to myself. I'm not recording a podcast until the Cardinals score a freaking run. And luckily they did yesterday. Shout out Brendan Donovan. So like I said, I've been a little MIA right now. We're in a little bit of a lull period. You know, we're almost, uh, I don't want to jinx myself here. We're almost guaranteed to win the division. You know, the magic magic number is five. That might've been before yesterday, maybe four or five, one of the two. Um, you know, we have three more games against the Dodgers coming up. And then we end the year with six against the Pirates. So the division's looking likely. Again, don't want to shoot myself in the foot. So we're in this little bit of a low period where the Cardinals seem to play better with their backs against the wall. We always have. And so the last couple seasons, we've been super hot in August and September. And it's because every year we need that to get into the playoffs. And this year we really don't. So I don't know if they're getting complacent. I mean, this is Paul Goldschmidt's worst month of the season by far. And you could really say that about a lot of other players too. So not really sure what's going on with that, but I would rather them get it out of the way now than, than, you know, to pull a 2019 NLCS against the Washington Nationals who, you know, tip their cap did go on and win the World Series, but we, everybody remembers that National League Championship Series, we were abysmal. I don't, we maybe scored three to five runs across four games total. It was, it was bad. So again, I'd rather them get it out now than, than do it in the playoffs. And this Padres team that we just faced, that, that is who, you know, if the season ended today, that's who we are slotted to face first round. So we still took one of three, you know, we didn't get swept. Obviously you'd like to see him put up a little bit better of a fight. But the fact that we were able to take one of three games playing our worst baseball of the season, I'll take it. Again, silver lining is, you know, get, get it out now. So so I'm recording the podcast today because the Cardinals actually scored a couple runs yesterday, and, and they won. So my goal is, you know, maybe for the next week or two until the end of the season, I'll just do one podcast a week. Um, me and my wife are in the middle of trying to buy and sell a house at the same time. You know, I'm starting my new job here in about two weeks. I'm going to be splitting time at two different clinics. So a lot of stuff going on extracurricular-wise. So one podcast a week, at least until the playoffs start, is looking likely. Now, once the playoffs start, gloves are off. I may I may do one every, every freaking game. I don't want to promise, you know, something that I can't keep up with. So at least every couple games, I'll definitely do them more, more frequent once the playoffs start because, you know, every Cardinal fan will have their eyes glued to the TV. So... So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to pick up where I left off last episode, which was, you know, we started a weekend series last weekend against the Reds. I'm going to skip Thursday's game because I made a podcast Thursday. So we're going to just start with Friday's game, which would have been game two of that series. So that was Flaherty Day. Jack Flaherty threw that game. Every, you know, he's probably every Cardinal fans, at least most in mine, favorite Cardinal pitcher to watch because his stuff just makes him so electric and what he can do. Now, he's still struggling to figure it out. He didn't look great Friday, I will be honest. His velocity was still high. He was still getting swing and misses on his on his slider. And I'm going to talk about Jack Flaherty again because the very last game I'm going to cover, he pitched that game as well. 
But what he is really lacking in, in both starts, he lacked this. Now, he looked a little better yesterday. But what he's lacking is his fastball command. He, he's missing with his fastball. It's either middle-middle or it's off the black. And when, you, when you're not locating your fastball, hitters are going to obviously wait for one right down the middle. And if it's not right down the middle, they're not going to swing at it. They're going to make you throw one on the outer black or on the inner black. They're going to make you throw them a strike where if not, they're just going to sit his slider all day long. They're going to wait to see spin come out of his hand. They're going to sit on a slider and tee off on it. And that's kind of what they did on Friday. So the Reds took an early 4-1 to lead in the fifth inning. Obviously, with each game, I'm just going to talk about the major highlights. So with Friday's game, the Reds, like I said, the Reds took an early 4-1 lead. It wasn't looking great. The momentum kind of shifted. Nolan Arenado, their bases were loaded. Super hard hit ball to him at third base. Everybody saw that diving play. That's one of the better plays he's probably ever made as a Cardinal, at least definitely this year from his knees, slung it kind of sidearm to home plate. Yachty calls him out. Um, it was a phenomenal play. The very next half inning, Albert hits number 698 to tie the game. So that's when the momentum kind of shifted. And um, uh, yeah, so 698, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. So 698 ties it. Um, Albert, it's just incredible. What more do you say? I'm going to talk a little bit more about Albert at the end because I'm going to talk about the series we have coming up. So, tied 4-4. The Reds hit a solo homer. They they go up by one again. Goldschmidt ties it again. And then in the bottom of the eighth inning, or in the bottom of the seventh inning, Arenado takes the lead. We're up 6-5. to five. Fast forward to the ninth inning. Helsley comes in and shuts the door. Doesn't even begin to describe what Helsley did. So, Helsley threw an immaculate inning. immaculate inning. So for those of you guys who don't know what that means, it's it's when you throw to three batters in a row, right, in an inning, get three outs. Every pitch you throw is a strike. So he threw three strikes to the first guy, struck him out. Three strikes to the second guy, struck him out. Three strikes to the third guy, struck him out. Not one batter put the ball in play, at least in fair territory. Not one ball was a ball. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. It's an immaculate inning. It's only been done two other times in Cardinal history, um, and especially not since 2002. So it hasn't been done in the Cardinals organization, organization in 20 years. Now, there was the 30, 40-year span in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s where it didn't happen at all. And I think it's because back then pitchers threw a little bit softer. Their stuff didn't have as much movement. It was definitely a hitter-friendly era in baseball. And it started to happen a little bit more frequently last year. Two guys did it in the same game. They threw it against each other, which was super rare. It's, it happened a couple times in 2019, 2017. And I think you look, it's people are throwing way harder. Their stuff has way more movement. It, right now is definitely a pitcher-friendly era, some would argue. So it's happening a little bit more often, but still super rare. Helsley shuts the door. We win Friday 6-5. to five. So you go to Saturday. Saturday, we had a doubleheader on the slate. Saturday... Um, game one, Hudson threw, and he threw a freaking gem. I mean, they took him out there at, after the eighth inning. He had just come up from AAA the day before. He was really struggling. He did a couple – he had a couple nice starts in AAA. They brought him back up for the doubleheader, and he provided. You know, if Hudson can, can kind of build off this – now, I don't know if Hudson will get another start the rest of the year because our rotation is kind of set. But if Hudson can come out of the pen a couple times – he may solidify a, a playoff spot. I don't in the in the bullpen at least. So we'll see. Yachty hit a home run Saturday game one. 
Not a whole lot of other notable things happen. Again, Hudson through a gym. That was the, the kind of shining moment of the game. And we win game one, five to one. So, you know, starting off the Red Series, two and one. Now, game two in the afternoon, <clears throat> we ended up winning, but barely. Hunter Green, who's the pitcher for the Reds, he's 23 years old. His stuff is ridiculous. He throws over 100 miles an hour. Now, he's kind of dialed it back to 98, 99, so that way he can locate his pitches a little more. But in the minor leagues, he was known for throwing 102, 103 consistently through five, six innings. Again, he doesn't do that anymore because, as impressive as that is, MLB hitters see that a lot now. So they can they can still square it up. In the minor leagues, you can get away with throwing it right down the middle. Up here, you can't. So he's dialed back a couple miles an hour, but he's able to locate it a little more. And and uh, he shoved for us. He threw, or for them, against us. He threw 47 pitches over 100 miles an hour. So that's just absurd. Now, it was it was 0-0 throughout the entire game. Goldie walked it off with... Um, Kisner's elbow playing a big part in that in that game. Now that was a kind of a controversial call. He, I mean, he would he that was smart base running on his part going into fair territory to where if you're in foul territory and it hits you, you're out. But if you're in fair territory and it hits you, uh, you score a run there. So kind of you know some people argued he was out of the base paths, but the Cardinals kind of got away with it because that play in particular is not a reviewable play. The Reds, if they, even if they wanted to and, you know, challenge that play, that's not a challengeable play. So rule on the field stands, Cardinals win. So a win's a win. You know, you take what you can get. So we won. We uh, so we swept the doubleheader that game. Now I'm going to go ahead and throw a little tidbit in there. If I had to bet next year, that's going to be a review, <laughs> reviewable play. So um, so next game would be Sunday against the Reds. It's the, it's the final game against the Reds, five-game series. The next couple games I'm going to kind of breeze through because not almost anything good happened. So we got shut out Sunday. Montgomery threw that game. So, you, again, you liked the pitching matchup going into it, but he, he did okay. He had like five, five and a third innings. He allowed seven hits, not great, three runs. That's okay. But what jumps off the page is, in, is through 15 or 16 outs, nine of them are strikeouts. So he definitely had his stuff going, but – it was either they would hit him for a for an extra base hit or they would strike out. Not a lot of weak contact there. So he got pulled. Wood, Jake Woodford came in, and he threw two-plus innings of almost hitless ball. He threw great. And, again, I'm going to keep referencing this. Him and Zach Thompson are the two that I kind of had my eyes on. How are they going to pitch down the stretch? Because they're, they're right on that fringe of, you know, are they going to make the playoff uh, bullpen or not? You know, and Woodford keep – Keeps he he had a little blow up game a couple weeks ago that I talked about on my last episode. He keeps having you know innings or you know outings like this, and he's going to be a no brainer for the playoffs. So, so we had an off day Monday, which couldn't have come at a more perfect time. With we had the Padres, which we just finished that that uh, series yesterday. We start a series with the Dodgers tonight. So going into Monday's off game, you know we had our next six games were against playoff teams. So nice little reset there. Give people an extra day off. Um, you know, fast forward to Tuesday. You know, I have little notes written here on, on my phone in my notes app that, you know, I take every game that I watch or if I'm only able to watch some of the game, I'll go back and look at the highlights and, you know, stuff that I can talk about with you guys in the episode. There is one word I have written down for Tuesday's game against the Padres, and that is the word shutout. Um, 
almost nothing else good happened in that entire game. We we got shut out. We looked horrible. That was definitely a game that I had on in the background while I did other things. Uh, specifically, me and my wife watched the Bachelorette finale. Don't judge me. But I had that game on in the background, and it was, um, yeah, it, it nothing good happened. I'm literally, I'm going to already skip to Wednesday's game. And I have one word written down for Wednesday's game, too, and that is the same exact word. Shut out. That's, you're talking three full games in a row that we got shut out. And it's at that point you start to, you start to reach for the panic button a little bit. You know, me and my buddies have a group chat that we discuss, you know, at least most games and all of us were kind of freaking out a little bit, you know, a couple of us had a a couple silver lining moments. What I referenced at the beginning of the game, you know, at least it's happening now, not in the playoffs, but it's still abysmal to watch. And this is not the kind of baseball that you want to be playing down the stretch. I talked about it in the very first episode weeks ago. You you know, getting to the playoffs is a huge achievement. Only a certain small percentage of teams even make the playoffs. So this is going to sound kind of greedy of me because a lot of fans would love if their teams would just simply get in. You know, like on the American League side of things, the Mariners, they're slotted to make the playoffs after a, almost a 20-year drought. Um, you know, the Cubs, God forbid, they, you know, which, again, not I'm not one to ever feel bad for the Cubs, but... They had a couple year run there where they got really cocky and then now they're they're horrible again. So at least we made the playoffs. I want to start by saying that. But you this is the worst possible time of the year that you want to be playing your worst baseball. I'm hoping, you know, we got nine nine games left if I'm doing my math right to to kind of figure it out. But hopefully we can figure it out. But we got three games against the Dodgers starting tonight. And that is, I mean, the definition of freight train is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it pains me to say that because one of my best friends in the world is a huge Dodgers fan. And anytime they do anything good, he kind of rubs it in my face. And I also to him when the Cardinals win. So we'll be having a lot of trash talk um, this week, this weekend against the Dodgers. So not, not an ideal opponent for trying to figure it out. Again, our last six games are against the Pirates. I'm hoping that we can, you know, just win 15 to zero, all six games get our offense and our pitching going a little bit right before the playoffs start because it's there's not a huge break between the end of the season and when the playoffs start because the first week of the season got pushed back. So that's why we're facing the Pirates six games in a row. So we play them the third, fourth, and fifth. We'll have October 6th, which is a Thursday off, and then we have to – well, luckily we get a home game, but we the, the Pirates come right to Bush Stadium to start the playoffs – October 7th. So we get one off day at the end of the year. So you want to go into that wildcard weekend really hot. So the next nine games are super paramount. So, um, so we get shut out Sunday, off day, Monday, shut out Tuesday, shut out Wednesday. Okay. So that brings us to yesterday's game. The first four innings, we did not have a run. So that put us at 45 innings in a row without a run. Just to put that in perspective, the major league record is 48. And I was texting again some of my buddies. I'm like, I almost want us to hit that just for something notable to happen the last couple games. I have barely been watching the last couple games because they have been so unwatchable. So I almost want something to root for at this point, which sounds like a bad fan of me, you know. But just again, something to root for. We we've been playing horrible baseball, and that's when our luck kind of shifted. So shout out Donnie Baseball. It's the nickname I'm giving Brendan Donovan. I've seen some people on Twitter call him that too. He ran into a pitch middle-middle, drove it out the right field for a grand slam. Thank God. It could not have come at a better time. It gave us the lead. 
it gave us a run more than one, you know, because we got shut out three games in a row. But Saturday, game two, we won one to zero. So really, if you combine that game, you're pushing 50 innings with one run. That's it's just, it's just abysmal. So so Thursday, we won five to four. Brendan Donovan, Grand Slam. Jack Flaherty threw again yesterday. No, granted, he allowed three runs over five, six innings. He wasn't perfect by any means. But I will stand, I will die on this hill. Jack Flaherty, of every start that he's came back from the beginning of September to now, he looked the best that he has so far uh, yesterday. He had nine strikeouts through five, six innings. The only problem, again, what I talked about with his first start is he is just not locating his fastball. And he is kind of a two-pitch pitcher. He throws a good fastball, and then he has a super nasty slider that plays off of that. But again, if you're not going to locate your fastball, the hitters are just going to keep letting you throw fastball after fastball after fastball because you're either going to throw one right down the right down the middle, and the hitters are going to hit it 110 miles an hour into the stands for a home run, or you're going to miss, and they're just going to take their walks, and they're just going to they're either going to wait for one down the middle, or they're going to wait for a slider and. You know, fastball location is everything for Jack Flaherty. And when he doesn't have it, he's not, you know, his games aren't going to be sharp. And I'll give him credit. He didn't have it yesterday, but everything else was was on. And, and he was he was missing bats a lot. The only times he wasn't missing bats is when he would throw a fastball right down the middle. So, you know, sometimes that just takes a couple starts to get over. So he has one more start coming up. He'll face, um, he'll, he'll throw next Saturday against the Pirates, or maybe next Friday if I may have my days mixed up, but he'll throw one more start before the playoff start against the Pirates, depending on how he looks in that start versus how Montgomery and Quintana also look, will be how um, will be how Marmol shakes up the rotation. Now, at the end of this episode, I know last episode I had a little oopsie, and I said I was going to talk about the expanded playoffs, and I didn't. So I'm going to take a couple minutes at the end today, I promise, to talk about it. So, And I'll talk about more of the pitching matchups then. So Flaherty looked great yesterday, missed middle-middle a lot with his fastball, but still had swing and miss stuff, which is good to see. The only other notable thing I have written down here is Corey Dickerson needs to be a bench player again. He was a bench player for the first four months of the season. He had a really hot August. In the last two, three weeks, he has cooled off again. You know, you, you signed him to be a bench player, and he needs to be a bench player. Why he is starting over Dylan Carlson, I don't know. You know, at least Carlson can draw a walk and play gold glove defense. Is he hitting the ball hard? No. But is Corey Dickerson hitting the ball hard? Also, no. I would much rather have Dylan Carlson out in center field than than um, than Dickerson. So he just needs to be benched again. It kind of sucks Tyler, Tyler O'Neill also being hurt right now because it really are outfield you look at the three names that start in the outfield. Bader got traded. O'Neill's on the DL. And Carlson is just sitting the bench most of the time. So our outfield has looked like Corey Dickerson, Delugio, and Newtbar. <laughs> and if you'd have told me in April that, that would be our starting outfield in the middle of September, I just wouldn't have believed you. So we need to get O'Neill back. We need to get Carlson figured out. Again, even if Carlson's not going to hit the ball hard, throw him eighth or ninth in the lineup. He can at least draw a walk or two every couple games and play gold glove defense. And then if he hits, if he gets into a couple and gets a couple singles or an extra base hit, that's bonus. But he he automatically is going to provide more value than what Dickerson is doing. So Dickerson needs to be a bench player. 
point blank. Our outfield going forward needs to be in left field, Juan Yepes or Donovan, center field, Carlson, right field, Newbar, until O'Neill comes back, and then you can mix and match a little bit more. But until then, Dickerson should not be starting, point blank. Which leads us, so yesterday's game was obviously, you know, we're up to date. Today is Friday. I'm recording this on my lunch break as well. We start a three-game set against the Dodgers tonight. We expect to see a lot of Albert Pujols this weekend. We are, well, and for one, we're facing three left-handed starters in a row. But obviously he's two home runs away from 700. Um, all eyes are going to be on Pujols the next couple games. So, so yeah. So, again, I talked about this a little bit earlier. The Dodgers are the last opponent in the world that you want to face when you're trying to figure out your offense. Um, so we'll see. I can, We also kind of have the Dodgers' number. You know, like I said, one of my best friends in the world is a huge Dodgers fan. He knows better than anyone that the Cardinals have the Dodgers' number. So I don't know. All eyes are going to be on pools this weekend. Hopefully we can muster a couple runs. The bullpen should be kind of rested because as bad as our offense has been, our starters are at least going five to six every inning. So, excuse me, our bullpen should be somewhat rested. So it's going to be an interesting series. So so next I'm going to talk about just a couple stats. I'm re- this, our, this, this episode I'm going to be really negative. That's just how it is. And I'm only being negative because the Cardinals have been playing negative. So I'm just being real with you. How we were able to come out of the last seven games, four and three, is beyond me. You know, our offense was abysmal, but we, you know, we were able to win four and we only lost three and we didn't lose any ground on the Brewers. So that's the most important part. That's another silver lining. The Brewers are still hella games back. I'm not super concerned. We, at one point, like I talked about earlier, we went 45 innings without a run. Three more innings than we would have set the major league record. So just to put in perspective how bad our run was. So, and another and another little stat about that is if it wouldn't have been for Bruhols' home run and Andrew Kisner's left freaking elbow, we would have gone two and five in those games. And granted, we still be we would still be five or six games up on the Brewers, but we would be talking about the last seven game stretch completely different. I mean, the last seven games. This so this was a stat that the Cardinals showed on their Valley Sports, uh, you know, those little stat boxes that they show in the game. Before yesterday, so they showed this during the pregame, before yesterday, our last four games before that, we were 12 for 104. Just to put that in perspective, that is a batting average of 115. Our batting average, a lot the four games before that, with runners in scoring position, which means a runner on second or third, our batting average was 0.77. So, I mean, at one point, they went 110 plate appearances without an extra base hit. 110 plate appearances. So, um, and that streak was broken by a Tommy Edmond double, luckily. So, um, so yeah, bad stretch. We kind of broke out of it yesterday. I'm hoping that continues. The Dodgers have a couple of their journeymen starters that they've been able to transform into Cy Young caliber guys throwing this weekend. They have Andrew Heaney throwing tonight. Again, he was on the Angels and the Yankees before he came over to the Dodgers this offseason and... Of freaking course, he was able to figure it out, and he's been a stud for them. Tomorrow, Clayton Kershaw's been throwing, which, honestly, of the three, I'm the least worried about him because he sucks against the Cardinals. So, And then Sunday, they have a guy named Tyler Anderson throwing, who is has been great for them, 
But Tyler Anderson's whole career before the Dodgers was with the Pirates, and we kind of beat up on him when he was in the Pirates. Now, granted, he's kind of figured out and put in a pretty good year, but we have we have some we have some numbers off of him. So I don't know. You you never count the Cardinals out. They seem to they seem to face better teams better than they do worse teams. I don't know why. Always have. So so that's the outlook on this weekend. I'm not even sure off the top of my head who's throwing this weekend. Let me look here. Flaherty just threw yesterday, so I think it would line up to be Michaelis, Wainwright, Quintana, if I had to guess. So, or wait, hold on a second. No, so Montgomery's going to throw this weekend. Wainwright's going to throw this weekend. I think Wainwright throws Sunday, which means tonight maybe Quintana? I don't know. Sorry for not having the accurate stats on that. But um, So that's the weekend, weekend series coming up. So, so now I want to talk about the expanded playoffs coming up. I told you I'd spend a couple minutes on it. So, uh, so that's what I'm going to do. So just so you guys know with the playoffs coming up, kind of what to look for and, you know, you're not confused about the new format. So before last year and every year before that, there was, you know, the three division winners. So there's the national league East, the central, which is the division that we're in. And then there's the national league West. So each team that wins the division and then the one wild card team. So the wild card is the team that didn't necessarily win their division, but the other 12 teams in the National League, who has the best record of those um, of those 12 teams? And within the past handful of years, it's switched again to where the wild card is not just the top team, but the top two teams, and then they play a play-in game to get into the playoffs. It's kind of confusing, um, but this year it has switched again. So let's focus on that. So what it is is the three divisional winners are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. So in the National League East, that is the Braves right now, us in the Central, and then the Dodgers by far in the National League West. Now the top two of those, which right now are the Dodgers and the Braves, they will get a bye. So they're going to be the number one and the number two seed. So that leaves the three seed, the four seed, the five seed, and the six seed. So we are automatically the third seed, regardless of record, because we won our division. So what that means is of the four seed, the five seed, and the six seed, those are the three teams that will make it into the playoffs via the you know the wild card because we are we are the only one of the four teams that won our division that's left that didn't get a bye we will face the number 6 seed so essentially of all six teams that make it in the playoffs we will face the one with the worst record and right now that is the San Diego Padres with the Phillies and the Mets uh number 4 and number 5 so so right now we're slotted to face the Padres and whoever we, or whoever wins that, us or the Padres, they will go on to face the number two seed, which is right now the Atlanta Braves. I think. Let me let me check that. But that that is the outlook of of the playoffs. So it's a little bit more confusing. But part of the the lockout this past off season was they wanted to expand the playoffs. They experimented with expanding the playoffs with. Um, and actually, you know what, looking at the standings now, I have it wrong. The Braves did pass the Mets a, w- a week or so ago, but they have now swapped. So the Mets are the two seed. So that's who we would face. It, it'd be easier if I was like on a stream or if I was recording a video to where I can kind of write it down and show you guys. But just to reiterate, the Dodgers are the number one seed. The Mets are the number two seed. We are number three because we have won the division. The Braves are number four. Now the Braves have a better record than us. But because we won our division, we are the third seed. 
Braves are four, Phillies are five, Padres are six. So we're still slotted to play the Padres. That doesn't change. But if we win the wild card series, we will face the the Mets then, which that is a scary matchup. You know, of the Dodgers and the Mets, I don't know who I would rather face. The Dodgers definitely have more playoff experience on their roster, but the Mets have a two-headed monster in Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Those two, you know, teams are, are pretty fierce. So, so with the wild card weekend then, so the Dodgers and the Mets both get a bye. They don't play the October 7th, 8th, and 9th weekend coming up. That's the first weekend of the playoffs called the wild card weekend. So that is where we will face the Padres and then the Phillies, who are the five seed, and the Braves, who are the four seed, they will play each other. It's a three-game set, so just, you know, first one to win two games moves on. So so that – and then after that, it's kind of normal what, what we're used to. So let's say – you know, we beat the Padres in a three-game series. We will then go on and face the Mets in the National League Division Series, and then that turns into a best-of-five series, which is how the National League Division Series has been for years and something that you guys are all a little bit more familiar with. It's best-of-five, first one to win three games. And then after that, those two winners will play each other in the National League Championship Series, which is best-of-seven. And then obviously the World Series is also best of seven. So really the only change in is that two other, or I guess one more wildcard team now makes the playoffs. And it, it's expanded a little bit. So so that's the brief rundown. Please let me know if I explain that a little confusing. I know I kind of went back and forth. So, um, but that But that's the new rules coming up. And the strategy behind it is it does change a little bit. You know, I talked about, um, the strategy, how it changes a couple episodes ago, but I'll just run it through again. So now the first weekend, the wild card weekend, which we are slotted to play the Padres against, that's a three game set. So you don't necessarily need, you know, a full rotation. You need three starters and a full nine to 10 man bullpen, because all you're trying to do is advance. You're trying to win two games before the other team wins two games, how you choose to do it. It doesn't matter because after we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the National League Division Series doesn't start until the following Thursday. So you'll have, let's say it takes all three games, you'll still have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to travel and rest before games start again on Thursday. So so it's kind of an all-out do whatever it takes to, to win those three games. And as of now, just if I had to put some money on it, Adam Wainwright's going to start game one at Bush Stadium. Why not? Him and Michaelis have had the two best years. Overall, I would say Quintana and Montgomery are going to fight for that for that third start. I don't I don't know if I see Jack Flaherty starting at least the first weekend. Now, say we advance and it's a best of five series, you're going to need a little bit more depth. You're you're not just going to have three starters. You're going to need five. So I think Flaherty will definitely start later on in the playoffs, but that doesn't matter unless you win the first weekend. So. I have a really good feeling Wayne Knight's going to start game one. And then Michaelis will start game two. <sighs> Montgomery and Quintana is a coin flip. I can see either one. I'm not sure which way Marmol is going to go. And hell, he may prove me wrong and, and start and start Flaherty. I think it all depends on matchups and how the last nine games goes. If Flaherty gets absolutely demolished by the Pirates, I don't see him starting the first weekend. But if he throws an eight pitch, or I'm sorry, an eight inning shutout, you know, that may change things a little bit. So 
so that's what the expanded playoffs are going to look like. Again, hopefully I explained that a little well, or a little, uh, or well, at least a little bit. So, so I think that's it. That's, that's, that's really all I have written down. <coughs> Excuse me, written down. I just wanted to go over the game recaps. Like I said, not a lot of, um, not a lot of things happened. We, we kind of sucked last week. Um, so, so hopefully, hopefully that turns around a little bit. One other thing I did want to talk about is tonight. Tonight's game against the Dodgers is on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, you do not need an Apple TV Plus subscription to watch the game. You just need the app, and it's, and it's free. So I know this is confusing for a lot of people. It's, it's any Apple product. You can download the Apple TV app and watch it for free. It's as simple as that. Now, I know it's confusing because people you know, are used to Bally Sports on you know, the Fox app, or they're used to ESPN and, you know, all these other things. And Apple TV kind of throws people off in left field a little bit, but I'm just trying to help as best I can. If you have, um, if you have an Apple TV on an iPhone on most people have iPhones. Now, if you have an iPad, it doesn't matter. I know you may not be able to play it on your TV, but as long as you have an Apple product, you can watch the game tonight. And if anybody's going to listen to this podcast before tonight's game, please reach out to me on Facebook because I want to be able to explain it. I know I personally love the Apple TV, the, the showings. I'm, I'm a big proponent of it because selfishly, I have a lot of Apple products. I have an Apple TV at home, so I can watch the game just like normal. I realize not a lot of other people are like that, but they have a lot of cool camera angles. The commentators, you know, they're, you can't replace Danny Mac. So, of course, that's not going to be as good. But the camera angles they have, the cool statistics that they show, it's really crisp. It's really, really clear. The quality is phenomenal. Um, I'm, you know, I don't hate it. Again, I, I kind of wish every game was on Bally Sports because Danny Mac deserves to be the one to call Albert Pujols' seventh home run or 700th home run. Now, granted, he's still two away, but I mean, anything can happen. And he's back in LA, which is where he where he. Uh, where he hit last year. So, and well, and, and with the angels, the 10 years before that. So, and what's also kind of funny is the, you know, the other memorable home run race going on in the major leagues right now is Aaron judge with the dot. Oh, I'm sorry. With the Yankees, he has 60 home runs right now. He is one home run away from tying the Yankees record. Roger Maris at 61, which a lot of people think that one is like the quote unquote real home run record because Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds all passed it, but on steroids. I am not one to to be picky about it. Barry Bonds' record is the real record. Um, the steroid talk is a talk that I will save for another episode. I I really don't think the steroids played a huge role. You still have to go out a lot. What a lot of people don't realize with the steroids is yes, is it a clear advantage in in cheating? Absolutely, yes. I'm not saying it's not cheating. But knowing the human body as well as I do, with the steroids, you still have to go out and you have to work out religiously. You have to put in hours of work in the cage. You, have, you still have to, to do all those things. Barry Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before he ever stuck one needle in his butt cheek. He, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That's also a topic for another episode. But those home run records are still the home run records, in my opinion, you still got to go out, show up every day, put the work in and hit those home runs. Sure. Are your muscles working a little bit more efficiently than everybody else's because of the steroids? Yes. But that's a topic for another day. 
But I think it's funny that the Yankees game tonight is also on Apple TV. Now, MLB has been under a lot of scrutiny the last handful of years because of blackouts, you know, them selling rights to games to Amazon Prime and YouTube and Apple TV and all these other things that are making it a little harder for people to watch the games. So they would have a PR nightmare on their hands if for some reason Judge ties the record tonight and Pujols hits two home runs tonight to also get to 700 while both games are on Apple TV and they're going to have record low viewership. It'll be a PR nightmare. I almost want it to happen for that reason. Um, Just so MLB gets off their butt and can finally give us a streaming service. You know, people, people in the St. Louis area that have MLB TV, they don't have cable. They can't watch the games because they're blacked out. So you either have to have satellite. They just make the games so inaccessible to watch. And I almost want the judge and Pujols thing on Apple TV tonight to happen just so again, they can kind of get their feet under them and just fix it. No, no other sport is like that. That's kind of my rant for the day. So, um, so anyway, that's what, that's what we got going on. You know, I recapped the last week. I talked about the three games going forward. I talked about the expanded playoff. Um, so I think that covers it for today. So I'm going to do a podcast sometime next week covering, covering the games. Um, I'm hoping to go to the October 2nd game it's it's a little over a week away. It's Albert and Yachty's last game at Bush Stadium. Tickets are super high right now, so I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not. I, I don't know if I'll ever forgive myself if I don't go to it, um, but tickets are stupid expensive. They're like $150 for, for standing room only, and my wife is dead set on going with me. So that's going to be an expensive trip. I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not. But either way, I'll have a podcast closer to next weekend, you know, obviously covering more things. So I think that I think that's it for me. Once again, once you finish this episode on Spotify, please leave a like, leave a review um, any way you can. Just to, show, just to show that you're supporting. It helps me out on, on the Anchor slash Spotify th- uh, version of things too. Um, I really appreciate everybody's support. And again, if you have any critiques, please, uh, please feel free. I had a couple people reach out earlier this week to tell me a couple things that they, they wish I would tweak. And, you know, I did change that for this episode now. So... So if there's anything else that you guys would like me to tweak or add or whatever, uh, please let me know. Peace. Hello, everyone. I'm putting this at the end of my episode five podcast because on the listening back slash editing process, I realized that numerous times I definitely omitted the two game series that we have coming up with the Brewers next week as well. So we have three against the Dodgers this weekend, off day Monday, Brewers, next week and then six against the pirates so so we have 11 games left not nine i apologize in advance my mistake salute